0: going to go live. Don't freak out, because the mic's on. Just pretend we're still at the dinner table. Cool. Okay. okay. <laughs> just please pretend we're still at the dinner table. Thank you very much. Table. It's okay. great to be here like, tonight. It's going to be fine.
1: You're pathetic. You're all pathetic. Sorry, that's just how the... Um, here, say hello.
0: Say hello. Falski, CJ1. Okay, hello and welcome to Undecided Podcast, the Canadian politics podcast without the bullshit. My name is Tara Mahoney, and I'm here with my amazing guest co-host, Jasmine. Michael. Michael. Yeah. I like it. I like that it's like Michael, but. With an S. Yeah. That's it. It's yeah. like, it's Michael. I get Smickle. I get. Smickly. Smickley. But
2: it's Michael. Yeah.
0: Smickle. I love it. It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jasmine, tell us about yourself. Who are you? What do you do?
2: Who, I, uh, who am I? Who I am?
0: Such uh, an existential question. Okay. Why are you here?
2: <laughs> I am a 26 year old living in the great city of Toronto. Um, I went to U of T and now I work as a product manager at a tech company um, and I teach yoga, Pilates, bar, on the side, as everyone does. Yeah,
0: normal, <laughs> normal double, job <laughs> <life. Completely
2: laughs> double job life. Completely normal double job life. Tara and I met on social media, also completely normal. Yeah. Um, I think we like had a mutual love for Misfit Studio. Mm-hmm. Our shout out
0: to Misfit Studio. Shout out
2: to Misfit Studio, our like, movement studio of choice. Mm-hmm. And I think I found you somehow. Mm-hmm. And I saw that you were teaching, like, I don't know, what was it? Flow in the Six? Oh, yeah. Or like Drake.
0: Drake yoga. yoga <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, hey <laughs> Yeah, uh, so 100%. Yeah, we yeah and we both realized we have a mutual love for Ontario produce yes. and cooking yes. and dough, punching dough punching to dough. get out all of our uh, like, you know, um, repressed anger.
2: All of our anger at, yeah. the, at the system Yeah. capitalism yeah. the man, just punch it
0: out. Just in, it. The dough, yep, right it. in the dough. Right in the dough. <laughs> now, Now, if I'm not recording on the Yeti microphone, it's gonna be so tragic. Oh yeah, yay! It is. Okay. Okay. Glad we checked now and not (laughs) later. Um, OK so Jasmine and I are here to talk to you about the NDP platform uh, as promised this like kind of little half season we're bringing you a breakdown of all the party platforms in an episode and then uh, on Friday uh, the whatever it will be uh, on Friday before the election <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we will give you a uh, uh, as we have before in the past a, um, a roundtable table of other young people who will help us review uh, all the party party platforms kind of uh read against each other and then we'll all talk about our decisions together um in an effort to help you have the same conversations over the weekend and make your decision on the 21st of october yay voting civic duty it's happening All that goodness so I wanted to start with, like, a little uh, summary of the election so far. Um, if you um, haven't been paying attention, uh, you know, uh, Andrew Scheer, uh the conservative candidate, uh, is uh, pro-life, uh, anti-gay, uh, to- promises he won't put it into legislation, but also won't stop his party uh, members from tabling legislation that includes anti, uh, uh, anti-choice anti and anti-gay uh, bits. So you love to to see that. Um, you'd love to see that hopeful future for our country. So is that. Um, <laughs> our Prime Minister, it came out, uh, uh, doesn't know how many times he's done blackface. Oh. We don't know how many, right. um, unfortunately. And Elizabeth May seems to be like holding down, uh, you know, like single-handedly the entire Green Party mm-hmm. was the first like major party leader ready with um, however many candidates, like 331 or something she needs in each, you need in each writing. Mm-hmm. She was the first one to be ready. Um, the first one with a fully costed platform, I think. Uh, anyway, w- one of the earlier, uh, you know, fully costed platforms. And the the woman has, the Green Party has no money. Uh, and like, I'm pretty sure she's like, all the only one running it. So uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it came out that some of her candidates are pro-life. Uh, but I mean, like with the amount of oversight she's, she has over these people. It's like, there's only one of you. There's only one of you. You Um, couldn't have watched everyone. Meanwhile, um, uh, Jugmeet Singh, the leader of the NDP, uh, provided a full demographic Uh, when he provided a full demographic breakdown of his candidates, almost half of his candidates are female, uh, while 24% are uh, racialized and 12% are from the LGBTQ2 community. Uh, 12% are youth candidates, 8% are indigenous, and 5% are living with a disability. And no other candidates uh, to CBC that did this report uh, provided this breakdown. Um, And so I think it's fair to say that, um, you know, the NDP are like in terms of candidates uh and in terms of like not fucking up the election so far yeah. are doing like pretty good
2: <laughs> yeah, I would agree and I mean it just says something that they were able to kind of make this information public mm-hmm. like if you can't mm-hmm. make it public that means that mm-hmm. your kind of your breakdown is worse than we think yeah right? totally so.
0: totally I mean so in the 2015 election, the NDP did really badly, mm-hmm. um, or, or badly, uh, compared to like what they did, uh, in the election before. And, uh, in federal politics, like your, each vote is like worth a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, from the federal government. So you do get like funding based on how many votes you got. Mm-hmm. And because the NDP got so much less than they did before, they're running on like very little money. They're, right. they're running oh. on like, um, donations solely, mm-hmm. uh, and they're a lot volunteers. of corporate people or like a lot of like rich people, don't want to donate to the NDP because uh, the NDP are advocating a large wealth transfer from the rich to the poor Absolutely. so they uh, the fact that they are able to get this organized uh, and provide this breakdown is like pretty impressive mm-hmm. I would agree. um wh- oh uh, last thing I kind of want to just or two things I want to touch on is the disaster of the debate did you watch it
2: I watched it yeah,
0: yeah. um it was rough if you watched the debate and you were like Cause a lot of people watch the debate because they're like, what the fuck is going on in Canadian politics? Like, who am I going to vote for? You watch it for information, and, like, that's totally legit. Like, that, mo- that's what most people have done in the history of Canadian politics and American politics. But if that's what you watched it for, you would have gotten no idea as to what any of these fucking people like want to do.
2: No, the only thing that I had an idea of is that everyone running for prime minister is a fucking baby.
0: Wow. <laughs> a Huge of, like, take. That's Huge such a take. good take.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of like talking over each other and just like low blows. And I think um the one thing that I noticed with with Jugmead and I saw this over like through social media after the debates, the kind of fallout was that um, this was one of the like first Times at like a grand scale where he really seemed to be prime ministerial. He
0: hundred percent,
2: you know, took the high ground. He uh, kind of bowed out of certain kind of like conversations that did not bring value to his platform mm-hmm. or to the stance he has. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he was just very. Mm-hmm. I was like, I respected the way that he kind of took the debate. But everyone else, like Sheer and even Trudeau, were just kind of.
0: Babies. They really got down in the mud. Like Yeah. And I honestly the only person that like I I could tell, like I really hadn't done any research at that point on like what anybody, any of the parties, like truly believed in. Mm-hmm. At that point, all I knew was that Sing was like for universal pharmacare, basically. Yeah. And then yeah. I was like, what does anyone else want to uh, and then maybe jug me and then maybe uh sheer is fucking pro life. Like that's all yeah. I got from the fucking debate. Totally. I was like, what the fuck? This is so dumb. Like yeah. like and part of the problem is, is like the feds handed the the federal government uh, started this thing uh, after Trudeau uh, came to power, mm-hmm. which is called the like the the federal debate commission or something like that. Anyway, th- the idea was really good. It was like to federally oversee these debates. Um, like, to make sure that they were fair and accessible. Anyway, what they did was they handed it over to a fucking TV company, which was like, oh, let's, like, make this, like, for buzzwords and for, like, little clips on social media. And so they only gave people 40 seconds to respond Mm -hmm. to each question. And I don't know about you, but I can't articulate... Anything in 40 seconds, Absolutely like literally not. nothing. Like, we stand
2: a run on sentence, and like, this was not we
0: do so stand today. a run on sentence. This whole podcast is a run on <laughs> sentence. It's just like
2: no periods.
0: Um, but what you were saying about like, uh, Jasmine, about like issues that um, people like kind of questions, question Jagmeet Singh specifically on, I think segues mm-hmm. nicely into what we kind of talked about before we went online mm-hmm. about um, the different, the way Jagmeet Singh is treated. Uh, differently by the Canadian media mm-hmm. and um, by other candidates because of his, like, racial uh, background. Yeah. Um, and I find this really interesting because um, even Justin Trudeau, who's, like, supposed to be, you know, like, woke and, like, you know, like, understand, like, social, I don't know, like, what you're, like, what's, like, fucking politically correct. Totally. He, like, turned to Jagmeet Singh in the middle of the debate mm-hmm. and, like, pointed at his turban or, like, gestured, like, towards towards his face and was, like, like, you of all people should, like, should be against Bill C-21, which, for those of you who don't know, is a new bill that has, is in, like, it passed in Quebec.
2: I think it's
0: passed. I think it's passed. Anyway, the like the provincial Quebec the provincial Quebec government has tabled and or passed I think mm-hmm. legislation that is saying like um, you can't like wear religious symbols as a public servant to your job. So if you're a teacher, um, if you like like do anything like for the uh, the government mm-hmm. uh, in Quebec, you cannot wear a uh, yarmulke. You can't wear a cross, turban, a turban, anything. a hijab, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so trudeau like turns to saying and he's like you of all people basically like more or less mm-hmm. um, should like be against this mm-hmm. and this is a question he has got or a statement yeah. it's a statement it's, it's not a question it's a, it's a pointing oh, and a, for sure. like you're brown yeah. you wear a turban you have a beard yeah. um you know that he has is the only candidate, of course, that has got this because he's the only racialized candidate.
2: And it's not even a statement; it's it's almost a rebuke. Like it's like, come on, like you should have yeah. a stance on
0: this. Yeah. Like, it's,
2: yeah. Anyway, continue.
0: No, I um I really just like want to get your perspective on that because I it's like does Jugmeet Singh not know that he's wearing a turban on his head yeah. or like does D- Jugmeet Singh not know that he has brown skin?
2: Totally. Yeah. Um. I mean, as. A black woman, I think I can speak to the high standard that POCs face in everyday life to speak for all POCs yeah. and to have a stance on everything. <laughs> it's like, I mean, at work, I face like multiple microaggressions, which we can dive into at a later date. Yeah, down. Um, but yeah, it's like I'm the, because I am like one of, you know, very few POCs, one very few black woman it's like I can speak to all of the issues that black women face and I've what I've seen with Jugmeat is he's had to kind of like straddle the fine line of like being a POC and like speaking for marginalized communities and um you know being a, a face for these communities and a voice for these communities while you know trying to um like not for lack of a better word, not trying to, like, ostracize himself and, like, pigeonhole himself as, like, this, you know, this speaker for, like, the immigrants or, Mm -hmm. like, for whatever. And, yeah, that's what I find kind of challenging, but I've seen him try to kind of straddle that. And, you know, like, he doesn't necessarily have to have an opinion on that. I think when I watched that that kind of moment during the debates, I was like, oh, damn, like, you should have had, like, a very, like, succinct talking point to this, knowing Mm -hmm. that you would be asked because mm-hmm. that's just the reality of, you know, being a POC in this, in this space. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, no one asked share this. Mm-hmm. No one asked to me about Well, this.
0: I mean, like, they, I'm pretty sure they all have a stance against C-21. Yeah. But the point is, is, like, he is, um, you know, if, if it was, I think that, that Blanchette, no, here's actually a better example. Mm-hmm. Not uh, Blanchette, the Bloc Québécois candidate, and the uh, People's Party uh, candidate, Maxime Bernier. Yeah. Like, they weren't, like, nobody pointed at their face and totally. was like, you, like, should people be people. for this. Mm-hmm. Like, they were just like, you should be for this because it's, like, the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I I felt like there was, like, a lot of gesturing towards, like, Jagmeet's, like, racial like identity Absolutely. uh and I don't know like to me it just seems like a really like muddy pool to be yeah. swimming in when you're yeah. like well you're black so you should think this oh, for sure, totally. like what about And also, I think the interesting answer that he's given on this is um, there are, like, other ways to combat racism, Mm -hmm. um, which this law, like, obviously is, like, a a xenophobic Mm -hmm. law. Yeah. -hmm. Um, He says, you know, uh, like, the Quebecers, like, a lot of Quebecers obviously, like, feel this way. Mm -hmm. Um, There are different, like, ways to combat this rather than, like, putting the heavy hand of the federal government over the over Quebec totally.
2: uh, and over not only over Quebec but over these people who feel like they're marginalized and stigmatized mm-hmm. like it's over this like kind of like subsect of people mm-hmm. who are wearing religious symbols mm-hmm. at work and who would like to wear these mm-hmm. religious symbols at work mm-hmm.
3: and
0: yeah
2: his stance is like to try and find you know the root cause ways root.
0: from the bottom up.
2: Exactly, mm-hmm. which I completely respect and
0: He says like he talks about integrating communities and yeah. like putting people side by side yeah. and And stuff when that stuff happened like that. I was
2: like honestly, come on Trudeau. I mean
0: Yeah, I was just like yeah. you
2: you have no Right. Like you, you have were, no there's no also, space for you here. Also, dude, like <laughs> <Come on. laughs> like, like we saw you,
0: your Halloween. We costume. saw you we saw your <laughs> oh turban. God, no, we, we saw you painting yourself black down to the fingernails. Oh down to the fingernails. <laughs> you really you really Just committed <laughs> and um oh, Kate McQuaid, who was on the podcast yesterday, um Pointed out that she really liked his response at one point. I was like, I'm just really enthusiastic about costumes. Oh my I'm just
3: god. She's like, dude, like Then you dress need up as sh- Spider the, like, sh- <laughs> the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Stop uh, it.
0: So cringy. Uh, so bad. So more on the um uh like xenophobia stuff later, yeah. I think. Um <laughs> I that later. we will talk quickly about um the polls. Um yes. Which are saying uh, that the NDP are surging uh, in terms of support uh, as of Monday's debate, mm-hmm. um, which is really crazy. Like they were, they're up like ten points from the beginning of the election, which mm-hmm. is crazy, mm-hmm. and it. Uh, uh, People like the election is turning around at like a very fast pace yeah. because people are waking up and like being like, oh, my God, like, OK, there's an election, first of all. OK, yeah. what do I think about Trudeau? Totally. And what do I know about my life for the last four years? And they're 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 making a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, two million people went out to advance p- uh, polls over the weekend, which is incredible. A huge increase from before. That's and on campus voting increased by almost double um, uh Prior like a uh, I guess uh, advanced on campus voting. This is like something yeah. they piloted in twenty fifteen. Yes. Almost double. So one hundred and ten thousand young people went out to the polls. That's fucking huge. Like imagine like, being that organized. Like you you went and voted right. Yeah. 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 yeah like, I'm, like I'm like like imagine being school, that organized. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's... I I didn't vote. Like I, I like fully didn't even vote. Like I'm going to vote oh, on election day. That no like organized. imagine being as organized <laughs> as Jasmine. Like oh my god, oh. it's me. I'm
2: so I'm not organized at all. My boyfriend was like, okay, we need to vote. ASAP so just meet me after work which I did and it was <laughs> so easy and I think what I've noticed this year more than anything is more than any other you know election year is how much people are sharing on social media mm. about the advanced polls and mm-hmm. I think you know there are some liminal moments that I've that I've noticed um you know with my like millennial kind of friends and peers in the millennial consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, when I've seen, like, kind of meat come to the forefront. So, like... Oh, yeah. One... And I mentioned this because she re- Such responded a huge to moment. my, like, Instagram story about this. But, like, Rihanna following Jugmeat was,
0: like, major... Rihanna Canadian. and then Drake. And then Drake. So, like... And then 40 endorsed him. Did you see that? No,
2: I didn't see that. Yeah. Okay. Like, like big... Canadian part heritage moment. Part, part of our heritage. Part <laughs> of our heritage. <laughs> Amazing. And then I think also, like... Jug meat and we might get into this later, but mm-hmm. like him responding to Trudeau uh to Trudeau's brown face kind of situations all of the brown face situations that we know of at this (laughs) point um, all of them all of them which like took it was like a very emotional response and like specifically speaking to young people and like after his response um i saw like an influx in social media of like my friends kind of like reposting Mm -hmm. things like that um and then you know again with the debates like he really took um a more like authoritative like higher ground stance mm-hmm. and i saw that kind of influx as well and then with you know advanced uh, advanced voting like mm-hmm. i i i am hopeful i like don't like to be an idealistic person mm-hmm. but it's really um heartening to see so many young people kind of like prioritizing this yeah 100%. and at least starting the conversation yeah
0: i think like what you brought up about the like uh drug meets brown face slash black face mm-hmm. I don't know like, even, I, like I don't know how I don't even like want to like categorize it I, like I don't know how don't want to say it uh, <laughs> but um, I think we'll just like we'll roll a clip right now of, of Jagmeet, uh of his response mm-hmm. um, and oh, so we'll do that now
1: when I responded earlier I hadn't seen the image itself and seeing the image it jarred me And I wasn't sure if I wanted to come out and give a statement, but I got a message from a friend. And I faced a lot of racism in my life, and I can be honest with you, I fought back when I faced racism. I I fought back with my fists. But there's a lot of people that weren't able to do that. One of my friends told me how he wasn't able to do that. And seeing this image today, the kids that see this image, the people that see this image, are going to think about all the times in their life that they were made fun of, that they were hurt, that they were hit, that they were insulted, that they were made to feel less because of who they are. And I want to talk to those people right now. I want to talk to all the kids out there, all the folks who live this and now are grown up and are still feeling the pain of racism. I want you to know that you might feel like giving up in Canada. You might feel like giving up on yourselves. I want you to know that you have value, you have worth, and you are loved. And I don't want you to give up on Canada, and please don't give up on yourselves. There's so many people in this country that believe in taking care of one another. I know it's hard to believe right now, but there are. And together, we are gonna come together and take care of one another. So seeing this image is gonna be hard for a lot of people. It's gonna bring up a lot of pain. It's gonna bring up a lot of hurt. Please reach out to your loved ones. Please reach out to people who are suffering in silence right now. Please let them know that they are loved and they are celebrated for who they are.
0: Like honestly, as a fellow young person, because this issue is so, um, uh, it's like divided on uh, not racial lines, Mm -hmm. but uh, age lines. So like even among people of color that are like, boomers this is like not as much of an issue for them i mean ultimately like it became uh, people like a a lot of people said like okay there's a lot more like pressing issues this election there's a lot more reasons why justin trudeau is like not fit to lead Mm -hmm. um like other than him like making horrible judgments like 20 years ago Mm -hmm. but um people like that were younger Mm -hmm. generally were like way more offended by this Mm -hmm. than people that were older um and so what I really am interested in about this is like the way he's had to pivot on it Mm -hmm. as a person of color, Mm uh, because he's like, you know, he like wants to respond, but like doesn't, as you said, like before, doesn't want to like ostracize people. Um, so what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, in his response, he has kind of acknowledged the fact that a lot of us might see things like this or see things in our everyday lives, experience microaggressions at school or work, and want to give up on, you know, Canada as a whole or, like, the progressive country kind of facade that we put out there when we have, like, so much work to do. And he's been able to kind of pivot well and say, like, I want you to know that you have value and I... You know, and working toward kind of like having the rest of the country see that and show that through their actions. Mm. I feel like he's done a good job at like not dwelling on, um, on the situ- the brand face situations and like other like racially stimulated situations that have gone through this election cycle, and he's just tried to like I don't know pivot them mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, which is kind
0: of like just generally like depressing yeah. that like. I mean, obviously, like, we don't, we, they're not the only election issues, yeah. but it's, like, there's, like, a pivot that has to happen because he's being, like, extra focused on because totally. he's a racialized, totally. racialized person, yeah. but also because, like, he's, like, oh, well, I can't be, like, too emotional or, yeah. like, too, like, intense about this because then I will, like, ostracize, like, this, like, large, like, white Western population, totally. older Western population. If There's you still
2: know. this level of like censorship, mm-hmm. and I feel that way when I'm in certain situations, like when I'm at work or like like I completely recognize it and I see it, and like I might be projecting on my own ex- my own experience onto like his, um, but I but I recognize it as being like kind of a, a, a self censorship mm-hmm. as a means of like preservation, mm-hmm. which is totally fine if that. That act will get you the platform mm-hmm. that you need to have to like actually yeah. implement change.
0: It's just another hurdle that he as a racialized person has to jump through, though. Totally, um, which is like unfortunate because he's already facing <laughs> he's already facing a lot with his uh, what we will see uh, yeah. quite bold vision. A uh, lot of spending, a <laughs> lot of, like, big spending moves. Yeah. Uh, Hey, big spender. Like,
2: like, <laughs> like donating the funds.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Drake should fund the end. Oh, my God.
2: Can this not be the best Canadian crossover ever? Oh,
0: my God. We... You yeah. need to personally ensure that this happens. Drake <laughs> Drake, could, Drake totally has a billion dollars, like oh, doing fine. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh. At this point, it probably goes without saying. It's this has been like shoved down all of our throats for the last few weeks. But the people that are under thirty five are the largest voting block this election. Uh, if you didn't already know, um, and uh. uh if most of us come out to vote, we could change the course of this whole election. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I encourage you, uh, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you're already going to go out to vote, but I, I encourage you to do that. Mm-hmm. And I encourage you to, uh, encourage your friends to do that. And if they're having issues, um, as to like uh, making or like in terms of making their voting decision, uh, like give them this podcast as a resource. There's also uh, CBC has like a really good like platform comparing tool where they it compares all the platforms and all the different issues, like the different main issues, um, which is really accessible, uh, i found. I've used it for this podcast, mm-hmm. so, um, full disclosure. <laughs> so uh, definitely check that out. Can I just jump in? Yeah, one thing? jump in. I'm sorry. But Dive in. I'm already in. interrupting you. Yeah.
2: No, I, I've been, we were talking about this earlier. I've been like thinking a lot about the privileges that I have. Um, you know, like I am a woman. I am a black woman. Like I recognize that there are certain, maybe like not disadvantages, but just certain and, um, uh, kind of, like, things that I had to come against, mm-hmm. come up against in my everyday life, but I started making sourdough, which we talked about. Oh, my God. Sourdough bread. Oh, yes. Um, and I, in doing that, I kind of recognized, like, time as being a huge privilege for me. Like, I have the time to, like, spend an entire day at home and, like, tend to this, like, fucking loaf of sourdough. Hell yeah. And that is a huge privilege that I have. And thinking about time as a privilege when it comes to, like, elections and political awareness, like, that's something that's so... Many millennials don't have Or don't feel like they have Like in this gig economy where we're all working Three different jobs just to make ends meet Or in school and we're You know stressed out Um, And then even beyond millennials Thinking about like you know Older people like I think about the Single mom who works three part time Jobs or like Mm -hmm. the We were talking about like you know an elder person Who works at McDonald's just to make Mm -hmm. ends meet And you know Time is, is such a privilege, and it takes time to really um, become kind of politically aware mm-hmm. and to uh, be able to make your own decisions mm-hmm. and opinions based on mm-hmm. what, the information that's out there to, like, critically think about that information. And, like, on that note of critical thinking, like, not to go on a tangent,
0: but, no, like, you even go have to off. have the,
2: like, <laughs> you have to have the mental capacity or, like, the mental space to even take in this information and to recognize all of the injustices Mm -hmm. um so yeah but the thing is is that you know us feeling this way is completely beneficial to people in power who want us to feel like we are overwhelmed and like there's too much information out there to even be like slightly woke about what's going on Mm -hmm. um so it's almost like I mean, it's like a little bit of an act of rebellion, trying to like be even slightly aware. To oh the my point god! Where you can make yes. like, a decision for you in that moment, and that mo- that that decision might change. Like it's going to change every day. But mm-hmm. like, just try and do whatever you can. Which is why, like, I totally respect the podcast and and the resources that are out there to kind of like consolidate information and like put it in bite-sized pieces and like disseminate it in a way that like is accessible and like
0: you know a hundred percent easy
2: for us to like understand and then go and like make decisions off of
0: the thing that worries me the most about people our age is that they've internalized this rhetoric of like young people being lazy and uninformed and apathetic and i'm like no you're not first of all like every young person i know has like a political opinion whether they know it's political or not they have like some political they have an opinion about climate change or they have a Opinion about equality oh, yeah. or something like that. And they internalize this rhetoric of like, oh, I'm lazy, I'm bad, I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. And that's why I shouldn't vote because like I don't, like I can't make an informed decision. And like, uh, per Jasmine's uh, like <laughs> verbal essay, <laughs> that was just amazing. Okay. Um, like, just by like going out and like listening to something like this like you're doing like you're doing your civic duty and uh like just honestly like with this stuff just do your best because all this like platform reading takes like a lot of like energy and also like you like you have to go and like look up like what the fucking northlander train was like like these are federal issues that like they're like Um, you know, they don't affect, a lot of them are, like, they're federal issues, but, like, a lot of them are, like, uh... Uh, cater towards regions, yes. and so like you have to learn like to, to read these platforms. You ne- is a necessary necessarily an exercise in like learning more about your country.
2: And do you not think that this is like that this information is like not very accessible? It's for super a not accessible.
0: That like that's for it's reason. why it's literally why this podcast exists, right? Yes. Because like people like people like read these and they're like, I don't know anything. I still don't know anything. Like I don't know how to make this decision. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. like all I've all we've tried to do here is basically like disseminate. Like some information that we think is like relevant about each of these party platforms. Like we didn't understand half of this when we read it, right? Like I'm like I'm like I was like yeah, fucking we no. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just you're doing great, sweet. You're doing great, sweetie. Love we love you. <laughs> okay. okay. Now it's an ASMR love, podcast. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So I'm uh, given varies special guest tonight. Like like it's so special to me. I'm so happy she's here. Um guys, it's Kate Reeve. She's fucking back for like one night only. One night only. Um uh Kate say hi. Hi. And Kate's going to talk about um Kate's going to talk about canvassing with uh, one of the NDP candidates, um, Diana Yoon, mm-hmm. um, who's running in Spadina, Fort York. Yeah. Uh, or is it the other way around, Fort York, Spadina? Spadina, Fort,
2: York, Fort <laughs> York. Nice. Yes. My writing. ready.
0: And, uh, yeah, so I want you to tell us everything about Diana. And, uh, yeah, tell us. Okay. Go.
4: I mean, I was kind of reticent to start canvassing for someone that I didn't really know that well. Mm-hmm. So I looked into her platform and just did some, like, general Googling. But her website is similar to most NDP candidates in that it's um, pretty plain, and I later found out is made by, like, the central NDP bureaucracy, so you can't really find out that much about her as a person just from her, um, like, central NDP website. Mm-hmm. But I started to canvass because I felt really alienated and kind of disconnected Living in downtown Toronto, um, it's difficult to feel a sense of community and to feel like you're actually talking to real people, Mm -hmm. um, over the course of your day, so I found myself really enjoying just, like, knocking on doors and talking to people, even if they were, um, relatively hostile. (laughs) It was still, um, it was still something that I was happy to do, um, and Diana, after spending some time with her. I really respect her. She's 24. She's a climate justice activist. Um, she's renting an apartment in Toronto like I am. She's scared about the future like I am. And she's, you know, she identifies as a democratic socialist and she really puts climate first. So I think she's kind of an exemplary candidate and the kind of person that we've been looking for, that I've been looking for. Um and she's also frank about the limitations of electoral politics and mm. she recognizes that like it's really tenuous and the the changes that she believes are vital and that I believe are vital are maybe they're difficult to actualize in the system as it exists but she's and, still doing yeah. it because she feels like this is something that she has some modicum of power to change which mm. I think is a, A nice intention. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, ultimately, she's just, like, a a really good example of the kind of person we've been talking about for, like, two years. Yeah. And if you live in Spadana Fort York, I would recommend you Mm
0: -hmm. check her out. We're going to play you her um, campaign video, or an excerpt from her campaign video, because um, she's completely brilliant. Mm -hmm. And she's fucking 24? 24. Like, uh yeah, it's amazing. It, like to me, this is so hopeful. like um when I like look at people like Kate's younger sister Lauren, mm-hmm. like I am so um I feel so optimistic about the future because like it's all these young people that are like getting out and getting involved. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that like people like Diana Yoon are even like, Uh, entering, like, the candidacy, like, pool, like, even Mm -hmm. trying to get greenlit by the NDP and then actually got greenlit by the NDP um, is, like, amazing. Because, like, Diana doesn't have any, like, political candidate experience. Mm -hmm. She's, like, an activist. And that is... What I want people like Diana doesn't know anything about like making legislation necessarily. Like she's not like oh like how realistic are these? It doesn't fucking matter. Like yeah. we have a fucking climate crisis. Like we have a we have an inequality crisis. We have a housing crisis. Like yeah. um, who fucking cares like about like balancing the budget? as Andrew Shear has, like, really, really prioritized in his uh, platform, when people can't even, like, get a, like, like afford their rent. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I, I read a study recently that showed that people are paying 30% of their income, on average, for rent, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Like, that's, like, unprecedented.
4: Yeah, I think Diana's really in it for the right reasons. Um, and it's easy to be, get really cynical about politicians and mm-hmm. about, you know, like, electoral politics as a Mm -hmm. general phenomenon, but she is someone that I think is really compelling and has been, like, really uplifting to see um, in my riding. And I I don't know. I I hope that she wins. I don't know if she will because Mm -hmm. she's running against a liberal incumbent.
0: Adam Vaughn? Adam Vaughn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the
4: district is gerrymandered in such a way that it encompasses...
0: Shout out to gerrymandering.
4: Yeah, it was... the borders were changed in after twenty fourteen, I think. Twenty fifteen. Um, twenty fifteen. Um, so it encompasses like over four hundred enormous condos which are full of really wealthy people. Mm-hmm. But it also goes all the way to Parkdale and it is cuts through Chinatown. So there is a huge so, such a well, random even between like these two mm-hmm. neighborhoods. Um, and her the person she's running against Adam Vaughn, the incumbent, has like a shitload of money from mm-hmm. the Liberal party and from wealthy donors and she's mm-hmm. running on grassroots fundraising and pretty much nothing
0: yeah so. like nothing nothing much from the ndp <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um so so without further ado here's diana's um campaign video she's going to explain like what she's about and why she wants to be the representative for spadana fort york
3: Hi, I'm Diana Yoon. We're filming our campaign video, so uh, stay tuned and I'll take you along the journey. My parents and I immigrated to Canada when I was four years old. I was often reminded of the sacrifices they had made in hopes of a brighter future. And yet, for our family, my friends, and our neighbors, the future doesn't look so bright. I've lived in apartments with bed bugs and leaky ceilings while developers profit off luxury condos. People like you and me, we struggle to find an affordable place to live downtown. It's so hard to find anywhere that's affordable. It's really easy to get turfed out of your place by your landlord. You know, that's a basic human right, right? Like Housing should be a basic human right. We worry about the rising cost of living while the wealthiest don't pay their fair share. And how can the federal government pay $5 billion on a pipeline when so many of us struggle to pay for the childcare, tuition, and medicine we need? We need an equitable and just transition to a low carbon future that won't leave workers and families behind. I've dedicated my entire life to fighting the climate crisis and I cannot stand by and pretend that incremental change is enough. I'm a renter, I'm a climate activist, and I'm a Torontonian. I'm running to be your next NDP Member of Parliament for Spadina Fort York. My name is Diana Yoon, and I'm on your side.
0: That was Diana Yoon's video um, on why she wants to be your representative for (laughs) Spadina Fort York. Um, Brilliant young woman uh, and really encouraging to see young people in politics. Um, Speaking of which, uh, where, how and when can you vote? Uh, If you don't know already, we have an election on the 21st of October. Uh, You can vote uh, from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. at your local polling station which you can find by going to elections.ca and putting your postal code in um you'll get a ballot you'll have to mark it uh it'll show you how to mark it uh and you'll submit it and that'll be your civic duty it takes like five minutes super easy um you also have the right to vote take three hours to vote off from your job and you can't have your pay docked so um like almost everyone in the country have has this right uh there's a there's a few exceptions um and i don't know what they are so you have to go to elections.ca to find that out but you can actually um not have pay docked and not have any penalties uh you have like legal rights to do this um not that like that is actionable in in a lot of situations but you should know that that is your right and you can actually take your employer to court Uh, on this and you have the right to a uh, publicly funded lawyer found out
2: receipts
0: (laughs) receipts honey (laughs) um so uh yeah uh, I think that's all, I think, th- when, where, how? Yeah. How different. is, you know, I mean, how you're going to vote is all up to you. You might walk down to your polling station, um, and but then how you're going to, like, mark your ballot is up to you. Uh, maybe the Undecided Podcast will help you figure that out.
2: And I cannot stress enough how, like, easy it was for me to vote this oh, yeah. year. Like, I had my driver's license on me. It has my address on it. It
0: has mm-hmm. my name. Mm-hmm. It has my photo. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you need your ID. You You need your photo ID, ID, and you need a piece of mail that has your address in the writing that you're trying to vote for. Yes. Vote in.
2: Whether or not that's, like, your voter card or, yeah, any piece of mail. (laughs) Like
0: a phone Phone bill. bill.
2: Exactly. Like, whatever's easiest. I literally, like, went straight from work to the advanced polling station at the glamorous Sheridan Hotel, walked past the...
0: Who is she? Florida. Wow. Um,
2: <laughs> we're like... <laughs> it's like family asked me to take their photo. And I was like, I'm on my way to vote. And they're like, great. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, I went in, voted. Like, I was we- in and out within five minutes, photo included. So you can do the same.
0: Amazing. Amazing news for you that you can do the same. <laughs> uh, last thing we should uh like kind of addresses strategic voting um and this is my personal opinion Mm -hmm. uh if in so like this isn't like necessarily a i don't know like be all end all but a lot of people have asked me about this and um so if so if you are living in a downtown riding the chances are your strategic voting uh case is not going to be needed Mm -hmm. since um in rural uh, sorry in urban areas the riding is not coming down to a choice between liberals and conservatives Mm -hmm. um usually it's coming down to liberals and NDP because people that live in downtown like overpopulated spaces are usually um more liberal leaning yeah more progressive leaning Mm -hmm. so like you're not like doing anyone a favor by voting liberal in those ridings if you Unless you are voting liberal because you genuinely believe that the liberals are the best choice, um, so um, so basically, uh, like if you live in a, a rural swing riding, like maybe voting liberal is is good. But right now, like in terms of the polls, um, the liberals are like set to win a minority government. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like vote with your fucking heart, yeah, with your heart because actually, as we have pointed out, like strategic voting, just like Uh, voter suppression and, like, voter inactivity serves the status quo. It serves to keep in power people like centrist governments that don't really do a lot of shit on the things that matter. And so like honestly like review these platforms and if you want to like vote green vote fucking green because the like honestly the more of us that get out like the more of us can like turn this election in like a new direction and like who knows we could see a like an ndp green liberal um coalition to overcome like a, a conservative government like mm. which will necessarily pull these parties like more into a compromising uh position like between each other so totally. like it'll pull trudeau to the left it'll mm. pull trudeau to a gr- more green like um arrangement so fuck strategic voting unless you live in a fucking rural riding like yeah. fuck strategic fuck voting it. seriously like fuck strategic voting
2: if you can't see me i'm beaming right now <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: yeah, all right so without further ado here is the NDP platform, uh, highlights that Jasmine and I have set out. So on affordability, uh, this is everything from pharma care to child care. Uh, the NDP have pledged uh, a significant amount of promises that will make your life more affordable. Um, so they'll uh, implement a uh, universal pharma care program uh, by investing $10 billion in the first year and annually after that, $10 billion as well for universal coverage by the federal government. That means that you don't have to pay cash up front. Um, you will like present your health card at a pharmacy like you do at the doctor's office and you'll get your medicine so this is like this would cover like everything from like birth control to uh, mental health drugs like uh, antidepressants and anti-anxiety and medication that are a huge barrier uh like cost barrier to a lot to many canadians um um the other parties like uh trudeau uh has only has promised like not enough for for universal pharmacare so even though that's a campaign promise the parliamentary budget office has said this is not enough uh and the it's only rivaled by the green uh the green party pharmacare pr- plan um they also pledge to do um not universal child care by 2030 but a means tested child care program which like as a uh socialist. like i think means testing is like kind of problematic but it basically means that like um wealthier families would pay like ten dollars a day for federal child care and this has already been implemented in quebec and british columbia um and then like low-income families would pay zero dollars a day um uh and and this is something they want to implement by 2030 um they would spend another ten billion dollars over the next four years, uh, to first create five hundred thousand new federal childcare spaces in Canada. Um, so like this is like cool. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it sounds like a centrist approach to childcare, but like I'm whatever, like I I mean like I'm I'm all for uh, like publicly funded childcare. So I'm here for it today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jasmine, do you have anything like did did you want to add anything to the pharmacare or childcare stuff? No, I, Anything.
2: Th- I think that's good. I think we can jump into h- housing. Yeah, let's jump. Uh, so Jagmeet and the NDP have uh, promised to create 500,000 units of quality, affordable housing in a 10-year period uh, with half of those, of that 500,000, so 250,000 uh, units. Uh, sorry, done by uh, five years. So it's pretty ambitious. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, and and that's kind of like a theme that I've seen through the platform is that uh, it is a little ambitious. It's a a little, like, maybe aspirational, but I think I, like, have that, I don't know, gut feeling that he's going to try and Stick to his promises.
0: I believe that he believes in these politics, yeah. as opposed to Trudeau, who I feel like is just reading talking points. Oh, for sure. And like that's a f- visceral feeling that like I have, b- it not based on any sort of set of facts. Except for the fact that Trudeau like didn't implement a lot of the stuff he promised to do in 2015, yeah. but like that's the only set of facts. Like this is just a feeling, and but I bet a lot of voters have this feeling. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, and I, yeah. I just yeah. To your point, I feel like Trudeau used a lot of like buzzwords and mm-hmm. did not actually enact any change mm-hmm. uh, based on what he promised. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I do feel like there is like some passion mm-hmm. and some like actual action behind what Jungmin is saying here. Mm-hmm. So, so he's what also, else? Also uh, looking to waive uh, the federal portion of the GST or HSD on contr- on the construction of new and affordable rental units. So this is basically a simple change that will help get new units built faster and make them more affordable for the long term and we will make kind of like the building of affordable units easier for not only like the federal government but also for private companies Mm -hmm. to like build more
0: affordable housing Mm -hmm. so like the federal government portion of this is like the 500,000 new units like the Mm -hmm. federal government will build those I mean ostensibly actually they really didn't uh, specify this but I assume it's a federal government initiative the Mm -hmm. 500,000 new houses uh, housing situations and then the um hst gst removal is like making it cheaper for private companies to build these things they also said they would um like uh work with municip- municipalities to review zoning laws yeah. um do you know uh like in toronto like a lot of like the the zone like a uh, zoning laws are make it that like the like neighborhoods in Toronto like are only allowed you're only allowed to build like detached and semi-detached mm-hmm. houses which is crazy yeah. uh, unfortunately it falls so that that just means like you can't like build anything like over like you know three stories mm-hmm. which is nuts like in a city as dense as Toronto um, and unfortunately this falls in your municipal jurisdiction so I really don't know how much the an NDP government like federally would have like yeah. Yeah. but anyway it's something it, it's interesting that he, I mean he is a Former provincial, um, M- he's an MPP mm-hmm. formerly, so mm-hmm. he probably knows a lot about this already. But yeah. anyway, I'm just find it, I just find that kind of interesting that he's like even paying attention to that. really um, interesting. Yeah. He
2: also uh, wants to provide immediate relief for families that are struggling to afford rent in like otherwise suitable housing, uh, and yeah, we're looking for kind of like more long term solutions to the housing affordability crisis, which is kind of a blanket statement. I yeah, will and he has so,
0: nothing to. Like- Qualify this yeah
2: like what does this mean yeah i'm not
0: sure and uh, which is always like in platforms like always like should make us like question or like um skeptical yeah. because it's like okay you don't have any like you have okay immediate relief for families like an example of like a, a how on that would be like a tax cut yes or like um like why not give all the families a a house, mm-hmm. oh, like or like an apartment, Eat or like why Eat not give house. all yeah. the families a basic income? Totally, um, something like that. Like uh, that would be that would be immediate relief. But they don't like give uh, any like indication as to how that would work. So Absolutely. you always got to be like it's like is this just like fucking fluff like what is it
2: yeah put your critical thinking head on we like stan a junk meat but like what do you saying? <laughs> but like at
0: the what, same time? <laughs> we, yeah, part of our canadian heritage like rihanna yeah. likes you but like what do you really want to do <laughs> on housing <laughs> what okay. do you mean we'll another another now. part of our canadian no. heritage no, okay, not abort. No, okay, okay, yeah. anyway. <laughs> what about education, Jasmine? Talk to me.
2: So, long term, the NDP wants to make post secondary 100% free. Yeah. It's very cool. We love it. Up. Yeah, we, we love, love that. It. <laughs> we love the Scandinavian countries. And- yeah. The free post-secondary education, but that's another one. And that I'm like, okay, I don't know what this actually means.
0: But didn't and they have like flip flopped on this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like yeah. so, like they said they'd make they'd eliminate student debt, and then they were like, no, and then.
2: So we don't know. Yeah. We don't know what that means.
0: I'm not yes. really I'm not really super confident on the on the post secondary stance.
2: Yeah. But yeah. Well, one thing that I like that he said,
0: mm-hmm. can we jump to unpaid internships? Yeah, let's go to unpaid internships. Yes. Okay.
2: So he jugmeat talks a lot about kind of like the barrier to entry that a lot of Canadian folks face, young folks specifically. Um, so, like, I, for example, was able to, like, take on an unpaid internship, uh, during my, uh, U of T days, and they're, you know, largely for people of, like, some kind of privilege where you can work unpaid and, like, live in a city and make that work, um, the NDP has said that they will look to ban unpaid internships outside of purely educational programs. So unless your school mandates that you do an internship that, you know, happens to be unpaid, you, like, unpaid internships will be completely kind of, like, criminalized. Um, and he, they also want to put in rules that require part-time and contract workers to be compensated equally. To full time workers, mm-hmm. um, so the liberals have talked about unpaid, unpaid internships for quite some time. They've said that they want to kind of ban it for a while, but this is another one of those like un kind of uh, met, unfinished, un-finished promises. promises, unfinished business. Exactly, and I think this like piece is very resonant to millennials, especially mm-hmm. like to Gen Zers. Mm-hmm. Um, okay,
0: you know. you're a Gen Zer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Speak okay. about unpaid internships. <laughs>
4: I
2: mean, um,
0: <laughs> no, I'm literally like, I'm I, like, on the spot. The, yeah. Okay, where to
4: begin? Well, unpaid internships are excellent because they afford you the opportunity to get this like really um, uh, like privileged work experience that most people don't get to have. So for example, a lot of my classmates um, at U of T have gone to work in like Geneva or New York City or some other like fancy UN bullshit international governance locale to buff up their resume over the summer because their parents are paying their rent mm-hmm. and they have literally no living expenses. Mm-hmm. And so nice for you. It's lovely it's really for them, lovely. but because they get these opportunities and they they get them not because they're any more qualified than anyone else, yeah. although they may, maybe they have some, like, nepotism going on there, but they get it because they have the ability to take it, because mm-hmm. they have an economic security net that regular people don't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But because these get, they get these jobs, like, oh, they clerked at this place, they, you know, assisted this judge, they add this to their resume, and then they continue to ascend this ladder of success hmm That if you don't have that initial economic security blanket, you literally can't get a foot in. Yeah.
0: This is what pisses me off when conservatives start to talk about equal opportunity. Like, it doesn't, like. No, it it
4: literally doesn't make sense. Like, the only reason that, like, Michelle got this great job at.
2: Morgan, like, Stanley, yeah, at Morgan Stanley. Yeah, Morgan Stanley. Yes,
4: because her dad paid for her condo on Bay Street, yeah. and that's why she got to go work at McKinsey last summer for yeah, free. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. you really do love lucky. to see that. Yeah. <laughs>
4: anyway, if if this happens and the NDP are elected and they are like theoretically criminalize or get rid of unpaid internships, then this would eliminate this um, stratification of opportunity along class lines. I mean, I'm
0: sure, I, I'm sure, I'm w- sure they would find another way to, um, right. you know, um, stratify <laughs> opportunity, Across but, uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. but for now, <laughs> this would be
2: one small thing, yeah. this is one
0: deterrent. No. Yeah. That. Definitely. Yeah. Um, that was
2: great. Great. Great (laughs)
0: soundbite. Yeah. Okay, so uh, what else, uh, Jasmine? Uh, We have a promise to create uh, 300,000 new jobs uh, by the NDP um, and and implement a federal minimum wage of $15 an hour covering about 900,000 workers. Um, uh, This is something that the Ontario government has already done, so this doesn't really affect people in Ontario, which is, like, where most of our audience is, Mm -hmm. um, or it doesn't affect them any differently. Um, Although, like... As the far, like, the left-wing party in Canada, I'm, like, kind of disappointed. Like, make it more than fucking minimum wage. Like, make it, like, $20 fucking dollars. Totally. And, like, ugh, like... Take a stance here. Honestly, yeah, like, yeah. I'm gonna, like, overall blanket statement this whole election and say, like, none of these fucking policy promises are bold enough. Like... Yeah. We have, like, a housing crisis. We have a, a inequality crisis. We have a climate change crisis. All of these things are just, like... I'm, like, fuck... Like yeah, fifty. It's fifteen dollars an hour. Is such an insult to people that live in Toronto or Vancouver or You're Montreal right. or You're Ottawa right. or Halifax. Even like you can't live off of that. No. Like you can't like and and a lot and and because of like the nature of like millennial jobs. Like um, a lot of like a lot of jobs are minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, like a lot of us are still working at Starbucks or like working at Starbucks and then also. Teaching uh, yoga on the side. Uh, I don't know anything about that. Uh, you know, like, uh, you, you know, working these precarious um, jobs. So, totally. anyway. Uh, anyway, okay, $15 an hour, like, great. Like, and, yeah. and then they say it will also rise with inflation, which is good. But, like, it's also just, like, a baseline. You know, I'm yeah. like, do better, You're bro. So right. Also, they could, they could promise fucking anything because they are so far, like, They're so... They are, like, the far... The the left-wing party. Mm -hmm. And, anyway, this is, like, getting into, like, strategy now, which is, like, super not important for our... Okay. Um... Okay, do you want to quickly... Okay, now this is... This is a big one. This This is... The indigenous rights stuff is, like, really... Really... I think the thing that Trudeau has probably fucked up the most on. Yeah, totally. Maybe, like... Is there anything else? Like I mean like the the middle cl- the middle class thing he said he would do and he didn't really do. Uh electoral
2: I reform. think the electoral sorry. reform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Electoral reform. I think like yeah, the it's one of the most egregious use of like a buzzword or like like the most like egregious like bandwagonism. Yeah. Like, of his platform that like he just like completely dropped the moment he was elected. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the things I will never forgive yeah. Trudeau for is that he promised to launch an inquiry into the mission, uh, into the missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. Um, and to addressing the water crisis that, is still uh, being experienced on reserves, and you know these promises that he made during kind of like as he was sharing his platform in the next election, the last election cycle, resulted in. You know, voters turning out for Trudeau, Indigenous voters turning out for Trudeau. Um, but truthfully, nothing is nothing has been done. Yeah. Uh, so the NDP, by con- comparison, has like remained pretty vague, and like I think this is another kind of like self preservation thing where mm-hmm. they're like, we're not going to actually promise anything tangible because we know that nothing's going to like really change, which I have feelings about, but. Their promises are that they are going to fully implement the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, and
0: uh, imagine imagine it being twenty eighteen uh, and twenty nineteen, and that having not been like implemented or fulfilled, I know. like like what, what the is fuck? this like. I feel like this problem is so easily fixed. Totally. Like this, like this, like this blatant fuck you to Indigenous people that yeah. the Canadian government has done. I mean, sorry, it's not easily fixed. It's so simple to like, make reparations. To make this a priority. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's simple. Like, give these people some fucking money. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Um, give them some clean drinking water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the, like, yeah. why is this hard? Make I Make sure understand. that these
2: people are not Like murdered and go missing, like you (laughs) know,
0: everyday folk would. Like, did you did you see what Jugmeat said the other day on um the water stuff? No, I didn't. where where he said uh, if this was like Montreal. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, 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 I did. So yes,
0: was it was it was it on the water stuff? I think so. Yeah, Yeah, I'm pretty. Some reporter like asked him like, um, like how are you going to make this a priority, or like why are you making, or how are you going to find the spending or the money for this? And he was like, if you were talking about montreal or toronto or ottawa like nobody would even be asking this question Mm -hmm. like this is some environmental racism shit this Mm -hmm. is some just generally racist shit that like you're like why is this a priority it's like this is like we live in such a rich country like people don't ever talk about that about canada like we are so rich like it's fucked that we still have this problem absolutely and i think about
2: Environmental racism, and, like, before I kind of dove deeper into this, I thought it was only a thing in the States, but... No. No. It's, like, alive and well here. No. And we choose not to speak about it as much as we should. Um, We choose not to make promises. Like, the NDP party... Promise to basically they say to solve the clean water, clean drinking water problem on in indigenous reserves. Uh, within two years of being elected, but like, what does
0: that actually mean? Yeah, like, the Trudeau government no clear also action. promised that, and I think, I uh, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure they actually have uh done three quarters of the the work. Yeah, the uh, right. on, on uh, three quarters of like lifting the drinking water advisories, like three quarters of the places that had bad drinking water, they lifted right. the the advisories on, like they provided clean clean drinking water to these communities. But like they also promised they would do that. Yeah. Um, and the on the on the how, the things on the how yeah. here that are like lacking yeah. are the are the stuff yes. of like, okay, like is this actually a priority for you? Totally. And yeah.
2: That's up for debate. I mean I know you'll get into the Green Party in a subsequent podcast, but yeah, they have been—they're the
0: only one that is like really prioritizing indigenous, indigenous rights. Yeah. Totally.
2: So you'll dive into that later, but um, yeah, I'm generally kind of like disappointed. And again, like neither one of us can actually like speak to this because 100%. obviously, we one we don't live this experience, mm-hmm. but two, like we only know this like pretty high level view of it. Oh yeah. But even just the high level view shows us how much there, how much there is lacking there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, okay, so should we jump into crime? Yeah. So oh, uh, can I just say? Oh,
4: yeah. yeah. Kate, um, it's time
2: for Kate.
4: One interesting <laughs> thing that I found out from Diana is that, um, you guys probably remember, like, the whole Grassy Narrows thing that people were talking yeah. about recently about their community and how they were really limited in their access to resources, and, Rudy Turtle, who's the chief of the Grassy Narrows community, is running for the NDP in the federal election. Mm-hmm. So I think that is a, a sense I think we can use that as a testament to the greater like uh, responsibility that their platform has than the liberals who've been proven wrong Like, oh, so wrong, many, many times over. Like, Justin Trudeau is just the guy with the Haida tattoo. Like, he's not, oh my god, so bad, and he's not actually doing anything. It's so cringy, Mm -hmm. yeah. But I think it's it's interesting that Rudy Turtle is running with the NDP and not the Green Party, so I think that's, That's
0: yeah, yeah, that is a good, yeah, no, that's that's completely true. And like, uh, on the liberal thing, like. This party is, like, they did create the Truth and Reconciliation Commission thing, uh, which was, like, unprecedented, like, listening to indigenous people's testimonies of, like, the horrible things that they had to endure. But the thing that is, like, so incredible about it is, like, they created this commission and, like, Trudeau himself listened to these people. And the lack of... Uh, I am not going to I'm not going to sit here and say like they didn't do fuck all but again like the amount that needs to be done yeah. and was not done on this issue is outstanding. Yeah. yeah, and it's also
4: it's it's a complete like myopic understanding of what their power is. Like there was this controversy a couple of months ago because Catherine McKenna, the minister for the environment and also the MP in my family's home riding in Ottawa tweeted about how Ottawa has the cleanest drinking water in Canada or something.
2: Oh, no. awesome. And then everyone
4: was like, oh, yeah, well, what happens when you go five hours north?
2: Literally. Oh, that's
0: so dark. It's, you
2: can't. It's just like drink a the lack water. of humanity. Like, yeah. It's just like a lack of basic humanity, especially because these people have more visibility and insight into the actual problems than we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, why are we the people who are, like, calling them out when they know how kind of, like, deep rooted the issues are? Yeah. And they, like, d- choose not to do anything.
0: Yeah. And this is, like, my general problem with, like, all of these platforms. Um, um, I mean, like, this one is super, like, not, uh, like, the least, this is, like, the NDP one is the least b- b- bad one, but there are so That's many problems, yeah, I'm doing great, um, I'm doing fine and optimistic <laughs> about the future, Yay. but um, we have so many issues in, like, contemporary Western society that we, th- that are, um that where people we create situations where people suffer and it just doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. And anybody who tells you that it does because of like balancing the budget or like because of um uh, oh it just you don't understand how difficult it is for like to mm-hmm. implement these things, fuck you. Mm-hmm. No, it's fuck a matter you. Of you. It, it's yeah. a matter of what yeah. you're and so right. Whenever
4: people say so right. the economy, oh you have to think about the economy, all this stuff, you have to take a step back and interrogate since when has the quote-unquote economy
2: become the force around which human life is organized? Yes. Yes. You know, like, how does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah, and I think about, yeah, the conservative party who are, like, looking to run I don't know, they're looking to run their party as, like, more of a business? I don't know if this sounds crazy. No, it's not. No. But, like, (laughs) Just a few. <laughs> Just a few over the course of the past like three hours. <laughs> but yeah, a political party should not be a business. It should be like, you know, your party should be looking to benefit the people. And sometimes that doesn't equal like profit, like accurate profit and loss statements. No. And, like that probably means that you're in the red most no. of the time. You know what I mean? Well, so it's like,
0: you can't no, believe what you it. What you say is, is, is so. Business. No, it, like. A public purse yeah. is not a business yes. because a public purse provides services yes. like libraries, yes. firefighting, yes. policing, um, like welfare mm-hmm. that are not profitable resources yes, they're yeah. not like they're not like you're not going to make any money from the public r- library does that mean that the public library is not valuable no absolutely not. and the government doesn't have to be run as a business because the government doesn't have to profit yes. all the government has to do it's eventually profit. is to the exactly is well eventually I mean like eventually I guess they need to break even but like even then like you can run um, like pretty significant deficits like service the budget service the deficit yeah. um, with money but like in a country as rich as canada it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter we are and what we are running like deficit wise here is so fucking menial like just like okay so the the same government has proposed like i think like a 34 billion dollar deficit i think in the first year i don't really know it's like it's under 50 billion dollars okay just for reference larger gdp larger like economy but the the fucking united states which is one of the like most uh one of the most conservative like governments like out there right now in terms of like spending or like (laughs) allegedly allegedly they're running like trillions and trillions of dollars in deficits like deficits don't fucking matter fuck you and your fucking deficit talk like who cares nobody you can't pay your rent i know yeah what were you gonna say it's lazy kate
4: no like that yeah I, i agree i mean at the end of the day who makes money
2: humans i mean not not me
4: no i I don't make make money sorry
0: (laughs) who what is money do we we know her (laughs) sometimes (laughs) Sometimes. mostly it's Mostly, and it's bald men. Yeah. yeah, mostly though, it's bald. I men.
2: would love to see RuPaul on a
0: dog. <gasps> oh my god! New campaign for us. Okay, <laughs> let's okay. let's blow through these last bits because yeah, yeah. we can. Because we can. We're amazing. Yeah. We can do it. Okay. Uh, what do we? What do they want to do on crime and security? So, so
2: Jagmeet has mentioned wanting to kind of rethink the criminal justice system and specifically addressing systemic racism and hate, um, so he's been really critical of the liberals and conservatives for being way too soft in their con- condemnation of, specifically of white supremacist groups within Canada, which there are many. Um, yeah,
3: what the fuck?
2: What the, like, guys, what the fuck? I know you're not listening right now, your you're probably like on, like, together. deep YouTube or deep
0: Reddit, but, like... You're on 4chan. You're
2: on 4chan right now. I'm sorry that, like, don't. Just stop. And stop. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, go, to you... <laughs> go to the states yeah, go to the yellow go yeah let's
2: yeah. go um But yeah, there's kind of a, uh, specifically, like, he's mentioned a stigmatization of Muslim and Sikh Canadians, especially as they are empowered to, like, open businesses and kind of, like, become more, like, visible in Canada. Um, There's kind of been, like, a surge in this stigmatization. And, like, a very specific example is, you know, to people who, like, live in Toronto and, you know, are fans of Sufis. Mm -hmm. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Mm -hmm. Sufis, yeah. Yeah. Sufis. restaurant on queen west it's like a full of a, a quick service restaurant they like you know serve all kinds of delicious syrian f- treats they recently um closed because they had been facing or they had been experiencing a bunch of like hate crimes and like even death threats from these like supremacist groups who were you know were like saying all kinds of like expletives and like terrible things about them So they closed the restaurant, at which point they were encouraged to reopen via the owner of Paramount Foods, which is another, like, uh, Middle Eastern restaurant in Toronto. Um, And they reopened, and I heard, you know, on my way here to meet up with Tara and drink wine and talk on the podcast, that uh, on the reopening date, there were, like, a bunch of picketers who came and, like, basically were, like, again, like, yelling expletives at them and, like you know, telling them Mm -hmm. to go back to wherever and Mm -hmm. all these things. So, like, that is a clear example of, like, in the city of Toronto of, like, how, you know, real white supremacy is and I definitely think there's more of an opportunity to, like, criminalize that like I, I this is the thing like I like I know we've like said that we want to
0: kind of blaze over
2: this but it's no, a no, huge thing no no
0: sorry I actually forgot that we this was like the Sufis part like yeah like let's not let's not blaze no no no, no <laughs> I, I wasn't
2: I, saying it, it like I, I just it's challenging for me because I also think that like getting this like these sentiments from these people is like very important to or, like our cultural consciousness and to like trying to get people's opinions and their um, judgments and their ignorance, like out in the open. But yeah, like what Jughead has been saying is that he like really wants to like be more critical. Of this,
0: well, I don't know, I, no,
2: like have a hard time with it.
0: No, like I mean, um, one thing that um, he was on uh, the current this morning uh, on CBC, and he was talking about how uh, like the racial issues have really like taken like a like even though blackface was like talked about so much, like racial issues have really taken like a back seat. like a backseat in this election, yeah. and it's completely. Uh, like it's completely unacceptable yeah. because as um, like people become more polarized we have like more and more of these problems like mm-hmm. um, like that the restaurant Sufi has experienced and like my friend Allah is the son of the owner oh, uh, wow. like I that, that is the restaurant I go practice my Arabic in every week oh, yeah. and Allah it's a fucking good restaurant Yeah, so they easy. make amazing minutiae so good. Um, Allah attended an Antifa protest and, like, got Uh. doxxed by the alt-right. And that's why, like, people found out about him and, like, found out about the restaurant. And that's why they got all this, like, hate mail. And, like, he was wearing, like, a mask. And, like, there was an old lady crossing the street. And, like, somebody in the Antifa group, like, yelled at this old lady. And it looked really bad. But... Allah was not yelling at the old lady. And ultimately, it's not a yeah. capital offense. He also yeah. was the, I think, the only Arab person right. um, out of this, like, group. Anyway, the point is, is, um, like, there's, th- the response was completely disproportionate to, like, the alleged offense, which was nothing. Like, totally. he was protesting a People's Party of, Ontario, of Canada, mm-hmm. uh, like, rally, which mm-hmm. is, like, literally, like, like their whole thing is anti-immigrant, anti black people like they hate fucking anyone that isn't white and um, like as people become more polarized this becomes more and more of an issue like people are like more and more saying like go back to where you came from and shit like that and this is Canada like all of the people that are here came from somewhere somewhere else. Yeah, like
2: why don't you you go back to where? He <laughs> yeah, like go back to Ireland, <laughs> right? you fucking he, asshole. Like, it just yeah, it's just rough. Yeah,
0: no, I have no words. Yeah, no, it's like uh, so shout out to Sufis like for coming back online, like everyone go support Sufis. Yeah, seriously. Okay. Um, everyone. yeah, um, uh, we're almost done. Mm -hmm. Um so I think like the biggest thing that the NDP are like planning to like are proposing is a tax uh on the wealth of the super rich. These are multi-millionaires that have over 20 million dollars in wealth. Um so they're proposing a 1% tax on their wealth, which is literally nothing. Mm -hmm. Like you're doing fine, sweetie. (laughs) Um, and this is partially how they will pay for all these like big expenditures. Right. Um, they'll also raise corporate taxes to 18% from 15%. They'll tax capital gains at a rate. 75 percent and capital gains are um like what you get from capital income which is like money you get from like your investments if you have a lot of extra money sometimes you can go on the stock market and play a gambling game and yeah you can play a gambling game and get money from that and um it's actually a universal it's a it's a basic income for you you make um, money while sitting there um and that that's making money from having money basically is what that is um and then they'd also increase the top marginal tax rate on tax rate on people making more than two hundred and ten thousand dollars to thirty five percent. All this is to say that they would increase taxes on the wealthiest Canadians, which I believe very. Uh, i mean the liberals and the greens are planning to the you know what actually not going to make this comparison don't don't actually know what the other uh the conservatives are not planning to do this okay yeah um last bit okay last bits and bobs is uh the climate change plan of the new democratic party so um the biggest thing is uh for me like uh is that the ndp government will declare a climate emergency and put in pay excuse me will declare a climate emergency and put in place ambitious science-based greenhouse gas reduction targets that will help stabilize the global temperature rise to uh, 1.5 degrees Celsius. And they'll put those things in legislation and ensure accountability by creating an independent climate change accountability office to do regular audits of progress towards their climate goals. Um, so this is goal is, like, fairly ambitious. The liberals were 79 megatons away from meeting their target, um, which is... Like, I, I really don't like this rhetoric, but I want to use it anyway because they did have, like, a big hole to dig themselves out of because the Harper government had the same target but they didn't do anything to meet it. Hmm. Um so the Paris Agreement is like really important because it's like all these countries that have agreed to like meet the same um emissions targets uh anyway this is like uh declaring a climate emergency is akin to the Green Party plan um, but it's less, it's as, as we've seen time and time again with this platform, it's, like, not too clear on the details yeah. of what it means to declare a climate emergency. The Greens the say they would create a, like, emergency climate cabinet, uh, like a war climate cabinet to, like, deal with this. Um, so, uh, like, honestly, like, <laughs> yeah. So I'm not, like, super thrilled about the, like, no details on this, but I'm, interested in the fact that it would that the, in the fact that they would create a climate emergency that's really cool
2: totally um, as for kind of carbon pricing so yeah so the NDP recognizes that putting a price on carbon is an important tool to drive kind of greenhouse gas reductions at the source um, they'll continue with carbon pricing and specifically um, they'll look to kind of roll back the breaks that the liberal government has put on on big Kind of polluters or has given to big polluters, Mm. so like big corporations, and uh, I think the liberal government has given them some kind of break, which I don't know too much about. But the NDP will look to kind of like repeal those kind of breaks a little bit.
0: They have subsidized like some like energy companies, and they bought a pipeline. (laughs) They did buy (laughs) a whole pipeline. Pipeline Pipeline doesn't pipeline doesn't create emissions, but it does encourage uh, production of gas or production of oil. Okay. Um. They also would um the government would model change by becoming a trailblazer quote unquote this is from their platform in energy efficiency um the they would um ensure that federal buildings use renewable energy and remove the vehicle fleets of the federal government to uh sorry and choose and move the vehicle fleets of the federal government to electric by 2025 um i have no idea like what kind of like um um like output that like actually has on the environment like from just like from the federal government perspective but Mm -hmm. like on the prime minister's plane for example like jet fuel is a huge emitter so like Mm -hmm. if you like moved your plane to electric by 2025 which like i don't think exists yet but anyway that could be that's a crazy commitment i don't know if like it's realistic but it's cool as fuck i have no idea if it's realistic um Uh, Public transit is cool. Public transit. Oh, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about this. So,
2: yeah, uh, the NDP is looking to help provinces and municipalities um, build towards a fare-free transit system to ease commutes, uh, helping people
0: make ends meet and lower emissions. So this is huge because... um, so a transit pass in Toronto is like 140 bucks a month for adults. Yeah. And but if you live in the GTA and you're commuting like on the GO train or GO bus like mm-hmm. into town and then taking public transit, you,
2: exponentially more.
0: You are paying. I did the, I um I I did a case study on this. Oh. Uh, I I reviewed a case study on this and then I like looked into it my, myself. $500 a month. A month. You pay. For public transit if you commute from the gta in to town which is that's insane and you know how much more it costs to take a car in how much six hundred dollars oh. sorry a hundred dollars more yeah so like why not fucking buy a car buy a fucking car and like save of yourself course. the headache of public transit of course um, it's because unreliable like because a car doesn't get canceled totally honey oh, well, yeah. <laughs> not canceled honey honey, honey. <laughs> honey. <Doesn't get> canceled.
2: <laughs> yeah that's rough yeah
0: so that's this is like working towards a fare-free transit. Again, no details on how, but... their free transit is really interesting. Totally, and like also the way that everyone should be commuting, like public transit. Like, I agree. Not fucking cars on the fucking four hundred one. Right? bumper yeah. to
2: bumper. And speaking to people in more like kind of rural regions, so the NDP is looking to reestablish rural bus routes abandoned by Greyhound and expand the general kind of like bus service in the suburbs and in the more rural regions outside of Toronto, making mm-hmm. it easier for people who like can't afford to fucking buy a two million dollar townhouse. In the city of Toronto, (laughs) to like live in like God forbid in Aurora or like
0: elsewhere, Um, you know. Actually, on this, they'd also expand rail service, uh, including high-frequency rail between Windsor and Quebec, which would mean that um, people would have to fly less. And uh, flying, as we know, is like a huge like jet fuel is a huge emitter. Um, They'd also extend federal incentives for zero emissions vehicles, uh, and provide a break for working families by waiving the federal sales tax on zero emissions vehicle purchases, Hmm. Uh, they'd grow these incentives to up to $15,000 per family for made-in-Canada vehicles, which is huge. And Definitely. they'd also uh, they'd want to make uh, zero emissions e- vehicles easier to use for Canadians in all regions. They'll also expand charging networks for zero, em- zero emissions vehicles across the country and help homeowners cover the cost of installing a plug-in charger, which is, like, so big. Actually, cool story. Jordan did this. Um, they, like, subsidized the whole zero emissions vehicles uh, thing because they got their, like, free gas cut off from, like, Iraq or something. Right. okay. Anyway. I was in Jordan, like, a few months ago. So mm. that's the only reason I know this. But it's really cool. Like, a lot of people have electric vehicles. That's cool. And, like, everybody has, like, a charger in, like, their building. Hot. Cool shit. Hot. Thank you to the King of Jordan. Yeah. Shukran. Thank you, King. Shukran. Habibi. Shukran. Um, Thank you, King of Jordan. Uh, okay. Emissions. This is the last... Uh, ugh,
2: okay. We, I mean, <sighs> I think like the major thing when it comes to emissions is the the kind of like promise to support Made in Canada manufacturing and kind of like of renewable energy components and technologies so kind of helping to scale up uh, Canada's clean energy industry there's so much opportunity out there but we're like kind of like a more like quiet players in this like clean energy
0: game it's crazy game. we have so much space and so much room. so much wind, space like, have...
2: like come on just throw a windmill up in there yeah. right
0: yeah or like a solar panel <laughs> yeah um, Um, They would establish the Canada Climate Bank to, like, uh, invest in these, like, uh, green energy initiatives. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah. Consultation. Okay. Oh, and then they also (laughs) do... Okay, this, like, Environmental Bill of Rights thing is, like, kind of annoying. It's, like, the lip... This is the last thing, promise, at one hour and 22 minutes into this fucking episode. We love you. Sorry. So sorry (laughs) for you. Um... this is like annoying because like the liberals did this in 2015 too so I'm so skeptical they're like oh we'll protect the oceans we'll like protect uh toxic substances from getting into like your water uh we'll ban they said they'll ban single use plastics across Canada um but not like clear by when the liberals said they'd do it by 2030 um they'll protect 30% of our land um like you know like all this stuff is just like we'll develop more national parks and like a system of tree a tree
2: planting system yeah for all you uh undecided folks who don't really want to go to university yet
0: yeah <laughs> yeah go plant trees go plant trees um anyway i like this all this like environmental protection stuff like never lip never ends up getting implemented like yeah. i mean Anyway, I bet you if you went back and, like, looked at the liberal stuff, you'd be like, okay, where the fuck is any of the ocean's protection shit? But whatever, man.
2: I mean, at least they mentioned it. But, yeah, it's, yeah. like, still not, like, a notch the, the yes in my
0: books. conservatives didn't even mention it. So. right. So, there you go. Okay, so I think we've done very good work here today, Jasmine. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I really, really want to thank you for coming on and, like, thank helping me to me. go through this huge thing. Kate left um, because we were taking too long. Like, Sorry. literally. Sorry. 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 Um, But I really want to thank Jasmine for coming on and thanks, Kate, um, you know, like if you were here for being here. (laughs) Um, This has been Undecided. We're coming to you live from my uh, bedroom beside my closet in between my bed and my closet. (laughs) And uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. uh, We're on Facebook too if you fucking still use that. Um, uh, We'll see you next time on Undecided.
3: And you know why? Bye.
1: Because i like every other person here today. I give syrup. Bye. Go yourselves.